Well, good morning and welcome to New Life Church. So thankful for each and every one of you. I'm going to I'm going to ask you to do something. I know you're getting comfortable in your seats, but I'm going to ask you to scoot to the front edge of your seat without falling off. Please don't fall off the edge of your seat. But if you can scoot to the edge of your seat like you're expecting something today, if you can make yourself scoot up just a little bit, you know, I'm not going to have you stay there for just a second, but just, I just want you to be ready today. I want you to be ready. Say, God, I'm expectant. I'm ready. I'm open. I want more. Whatever you have for me, I'm in store. I'm game. I'm ready. Let's do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Even I got some old timers saying it with me today. (laughs) Good to see you folks. Man, you guys ready for today? We're just getting started. We are just getting started. God has been moving in our church, He's been moving all across this nation all across this nation in a variety of ways, touching people, saving people, delivering people, healing people, setting people free, breaking strongholds, changing generations. I mean, huge things are happening. Huge things are happening in the lives of people in this country, and we need to make sure we are ready and in position for that. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 23, and then in the New Testament, Luke chapter 5. Psalm 23, and then we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. We're going to be continuing with one of New Life Church's core values today. It's called Stewardship Guided. And anytime we typically hear the word stewardship, most of the time our brains and our minds jump to money, jump to finances. That's just one part. That's just one thing of being a good steward. And so we're going to delve into that today, and we're going to to look at more of a holistic approach that's being a stewardship-guided church, being a stewardship-guided believer in Christ is more than just one thing. It's our life. Say, it's my life. So we're going to look into the Word of God on that. Let's look at what David says in Psalm 23. This is the New King James Version. He says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or deep darkness, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this Word, thank you for the bread of life that comes alive, 
that opens up our eyes, that channels through our soul, that transforms who we are to become more and more and more like you, Jesus. So today, do that and do more than what we could ever ask or imagine. You are able to do it. We give you this time. We yield our hearts and minds, and we thank you that you will speak to us. And I ask that you would flow through me and speak through me today to where you get all the glory and your people get what we need to get in Jesus' name. And everyone can say amen and amen. So we're talking about being a stewardship-guided church, a stewardship-guided believer. Here's how we say it in our description in this core value. So we value exercising stewardship over the resources of life that God bestows upon us. When we are faithful stewards, God blesses us to be even more effective in the purposes of His kingdom. We believe in making margin with our life for the purpose of God through our life. In short, the implication is that it's about making room in our life, in all of parts of our life for God's will and God's purpose. For we are created to walk with God and we're created to work with God as we yield to God, all of our time, our talent, and all of our treasure to Him. And in Psalm 23, David, this is a testament of David's life and how God has impacted his life to the degree that it shows us what it looks like when a life is in the hands of God. David sums it all up in these six verses of Psalm 23. So much to say, so much to express, but it begins with that one important line, the Lord is my shepherd. David's saying, look, I know who leads my life. I know who guides my life. I know who calls my life. I know who holds my life. I know who keeps my life. I know it starts and ends and continues with all of this. The Lord is my shepherd. And this psalm parallels, I think, this story we're going to look at in Luke chapter 5 and how what it looks like when a, when a life is truly in the hands of God, when we have given ourselves completely to the Lord. And we allow him to have his way in our life. I recently came across a story. The author's unknown, but this is, um, this is what it says. The title is, It Depends Whose Hands It's In. He says, a basketball in my hands is worth about $19. But a basketball in Michael Jordan's hands is worth about $33 million. It depends on whose hands it's in. A baseball in my hands is worth about $6. A baseball in Mark McGuire's hands is worth about $19 million. It depends whose hands it's in. A tennis racket is useless in my hands. And a tennis racket in Venus Williams' hands is a championship. And many more. It depends whose hands it's in. A rod in my hands will keep away a wild animal, but a rod in Moses' hands will part the mighty sea. It depends whose hands it's in. A slingshot in my hands is a kid's toy. A slingshot in David's hands is a mighty weapon. It depends whose hands it's in. Two fish and five loaves of bread in my hands is just a couple of fish sandwiches. A two fish and five loaves of bread in God's hands will feed thousands. It depends whose hands 
its end. Nails in my hands might produce a birdhouse, but nails in the hands of Jesus Christ will produce salvation for the entire world. It depends whose hands it's in. As you see now, it depends whose hands it's in. So, may we put our concerns, our worries, our fears, our hopes, our dreams, our families, our relationships in God's hands. Because it depends whose hands it's in. Whose hands is your life in? Whose hands is your time, your talent, and your treasure? All parts of who you are. All parts of what God graciously gifts us and bestows to us. Whose hands is your life in? Let's look at this story in Luke 5. Starting in verse 1. It says, one day. Everybody say, one day. As Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them, and they were washing their nets. And stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who is Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. The story begins first Jesus doing what he does, but he notices, hey, I'm not going to do this all on my own. I want to show people that I want to use their life. I want to show people what it means when they will yield their entire life to me and give me their time and their talent and their treasure. And that's what he showed Peter. He showed Peter, he's like, Peter... You've got time. It said they were done fishing for the day. They were done. They had time. Showed Peter, hey, let me have your talent. He was a fisherman. And he said, let me have your treasure, which is your boat. And he had that. And then look at what happens in verse 4. It says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, when he had finished speaking to the crowds, he turned. And he spoke to Simon, who was known as Peter. And in this one verse, the entire story begins to shift. Everything begins to change. Jesus loves the crowds. He fed them. Jesus loves the masses. He met their needs. But inside the crowds and inside the masses, he's concerned about the one. In fact, he said he will leave the 99 and go after the one who has wandered away. And he speaks to Peter and he turns away from the crowds and he looks intently at the individual. And he speaks to the one. Put your hand over your heart today and say, God, speak to this one today. Speak to this one today. Say, he's talking to me. Come on, let me hear you say, he's talking to me. You may not want him to talk to you today, but he's talking to you today. Some of you may be strongly wanting God to talk to you today, and he's talking to you today. He goes on, and he tells Peter, Now, go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. Now, 
The time is now, he says. Give me your time. Surrender your life. Now is the time. And he says, go deeper. Go on out where you cannot see the bottom, where you know you're called to go. Go out deeper. Use your treasure. Use your boat to go on out where I'm calling you to go, where I'm pointing you in the direction, where I want the the direction of your life to go. You can trust me. And he says, let down your nets. Let me have that talent, Peter. Let me have that talent of yours, that skill of yours, that gifting of yours. Let me have that and let down your net to catch some fish. Surrender your skill back to your Creator. So it sets it up, and he jumps in to verse 5. And here's where something good can happen, or something bad can happen. Here's where Peter's future can take off. Here's where his life can change for the greater good of who he is, and what God has called him to, and how God sees him. Or it could just stay in the mundane of where he was at. And he said this, Peter said, Simon replied in verse 5, Master, we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. God asked him, Jesus asked him, he says, hey, now go deeper, let down your nets and catch fish. I want to take you in a whole new place, Peter. I want to show you something, what it looks like when you put your life into my hands, when you give yourself away to me. And today God's like, look, I want to show you. I've called you to steward your life in a way that continues to make room for my will and my purpose in you. That I don't want there to be hindrances. I don't want there to be self-preservations. I don't want you to be afraid of what I have planned for your life and how I want to use your life. I want to show you that when you give yourself away to me and you put yourself into my hands, you can trust me. And Peter, we kind of maybe mirror a similar response to Peter. He's like, but listen, we fished all night last night. We've been doing this and we haven't caught anything. I still keep up, still keep coming up short and wanting to need and, and wanting more. And we may have a similar answer or something that may like, okay, God, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I feel that nudge. I feel that pull in this direction. But listen, I've been doing this. But the story doesn't stop there. And the story doesn't stop when we may try to brush God off a little bit. Where we may not quite be there to just fully accept and fully embrace a life following Jesus completely. Fully surrendered, giving ourselves away. But here's what Peter came around to in the middle of that verse. He says, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. If you say so. If you say so. This is where Jesus wants us to live. We get torn and conflicted in our will compared to God's will sometimes. We want to say yes, but we fully, but then we're also torn because we kind of also kind of want to keep doing it our way, right? Somehow, some way we've convinced ourselves that our way is better than God's way. 
You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, somehow we, we convince ourselves doing it in living life and going about life and moving down the path of life. We think, man, okay, I've had some decent success. I've had some good outcome. And we forget, really, it's God all the way who's working in us, working around us, and working with us to produce His will and His purpose for our life to accomplish But he wants us to be able to live right in that moment there where Peter said, but if you say so, if you just keep saying yes to God, you might have said it a thousand times, but if we will keep keep saying yes. Faith is about keep saying yes. Faith is continually saying yes to Jesus. It's continually getting ourselves to just say yes, because the more we say yes, the more we lose ourselves, and the more of him becomes greater in us. The more of his will makes sense. The more of his purpose becomes clear. The more of what he has planned for us becomes revealed and unveiled. The more we say, yes, this is where he calls us to live. And you see, Peter came, he was saying, look, I, I, I did this. I've, been, I've been, telling, been trying to tell you, we fished all night. We're tired. But if you say, yeah, but if you say so, I'll do it. And that's where David's, started his whole prayer of Psalm 23, this whole psalm. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because how many days out of the week and how many weeks out of the month and how many months out of a year and how many years out of years do we wake up or go to bed thinking, I still want. I still want. I'm not fully fulfilled. I'm not fully satisfied. I'm not fully there. You see, David understood, and he puts it out to us that, hey, he was human. David was as real a human as anybody else. And he wasn't saying, I have this figured out and I am perfected and I, and, and I don't need anything. What he was saying is, look, I realize that my life gets what it needs when my life is in the Lord, my shepherd. That I only want when I try to lead my life. I only want when I try to control my life. I only want when I try to control people or situations around me to come out a certain way, the way I want them to. I only want when I'm living that way, but I don't want when the Lord is the one leading me. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is that shepherd. David was already prophesying and speaking about the Lord Christ that many years early. And Jesus is having this conversation with the one, Peter. It's like he wants to have with each one of us. Hey, I want you to go out. I want you to go deeper. I want you to let your nets down. I want you to completely let me take over your life. Give yourself away to me. And you'll find out you shall not want And here's what happens. There's a few things that happen in this story where Jesus shows Peter and ultimately shows us kind of an outcome. Not the same exact way every single time, but this 
these are a part, these things that take place in this story are implications and they show us what is possible when a person has their hand, their life in the hands of the Lord. Verse 6, Peter said yes. And it said, here's what happens. This time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. You see, when we truly give ourselves away and we put ourselves in the hands of the Lord, the value of life goes up. The value of God in me increases. And it said their nets, so many fish, their nets began to tear. That's a lot of fish. That is a lot of fish. When nets tear, man, those nets are strong. Those nets are meant to contain a load of fish. And it said so many fish, their nets began to tear. When we put our life in God's hands, you get blessed. You get blessed. Now, I know that terminology, that phraseology has been misused and abused and misguided over the years. In fact, God started this with Abraham. He actually started it with Adam and Eve. Then when he changed the storyline and Abraham is in the mix, he says, look, I'm going to bless you so you can bless others. That was before the law. That was before regulation. That was just about God and a person. God His heart towards us is he wants to extend blessing into our life. And here's, we can't deny, you can't run away from from the kingdom law of sowing and reaping. Whatever a person sows with their life, that is also what they will reap in their life. And David put it this way. He said, he makes me to lie down. The Lord, my shepherd, makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. David knows and realizes, look, God knows more than what I know. God knows what my soul needs. God knows what my life needs. He knows when I need to get to the green pastures and lie down. He knows when I need to get down next to the still waters and experience refreshing and peace. Come on, anybody with me today? So when we lay our life down and we allow the Lord to take over, we give ourselves away to Him, making room for His will and purpose in our life, His blessing flows into our life. Let's look at what happens next. Verse 7 says, A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon other, those both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Now you've got not only the nets about to break, But now Peter calls over his partners and you got two boats so full of fish that the boats who are supposed to float, fishing boats are built to hold fish, but yet there's so many fish, it weighs the boats down. Both boats are weighed down so much to where they're on the verge of sinking. Again, a lot of fish, more than we can comprehend. But the story doesn't start and end with Peter. It flows over into others in his life. 
So when we yield our life to God and we give ourselves away, away to Him and we're living this life of making room for more of His will and purpose, not only does God bless us, but God uses us to bless others. And that's what He told Abraham. And that's what David wrote in his Psalm 23.3. He restores my soul and He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake because our paths that God takes us on, every time we continue to say yes to Him, each new day, each moment, throughout our day, throughout our week, throughout our month and lifetime, as we continue to say yes to Lord to the Lord, but if you say so, I'll do it. And we say yes to God. He not only blesses our life, but He uses our life to be a blessing to other people as we travel on the paths God has for us because our yes makes it possible for others to experience the goodness of God. I can't tell you how many people, how many people, off, I can't even count how many people God has used to bless me because they said yes. Think about it. Think about your life. Think about those around you. Think about people you don't even know who were strangers, people who did something for you you didn't even know they did. People who made a phone call for you to tell somebody, yeah, you should hire this person. I know you don't know me from Adam. You don't even know them, but I'm telling you, they are good. They are gold. They are solid. You need to give them a chance. Somebody did that for us when we tried to sell our old property. So many banks did not want to take us up. Nearly $1.3 million that we could not pay. And it was the midnight hour. I was praying in my bedroom, walking the floor like, holy cow, God, if you don't make somebody say yes to us, then I, we're done. We're done. What are we going to do? And we got a phone call the next day. Somebody somewhere put in a good word for us and said, you can trust them. Say yes to them. I swear to you, and I know I'm not supposed to do that, so I don't, but I tell you, I'll get down on my knees and I'll tell you, somebody somewhere is telling somebody to say yes to you. You see, that's what happens when we give ourselves away to the Lord. Not only does He use our life, not only does He want to pour into our life, but He wants to pour into our life so that we can pour into other people's lives as we go down these paths. Our yes to God makes it, other, makes it possible for others to experience the goodness of God. Think about if we say no. Who in that path will not get what they need through our life? Now, God is good and God is sovereign, so he's going to create a way where there seems to be no way, but he gets joy and he gets pleasure when he gets to use you. When we say yes. When we say yes, I, I, time keeps ticking. i got to move along. Let's look at verse 8. We're talking about giving ourselves away, yielding our life to the will of God and the purpose of God, making more room for Him to do His thing in us when it, when it seems scary and it seems crazy and we don't know what the outcome will look like. But man, a life in God's hands is worth it. Let's look at verse 8. Simon Peter realized what had happened fell to his knees before Jesus, and he said, Oh, Lord, please leave me alone. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. 
When we give ourselves away to God, we get it. What do we get? We get that we're not entitled, but we're privileged. We are truly blessed by the Lord. Because Paul lived by this in Philippians 4, famous verse, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul said that on the tail end of saying, look, I know what it's like to live in abundance, and I know what it's like to live with little. I know what it's like to be full, and I know what it's like to be hangry. He didn't say hangry, I did, hungry. And he goes, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul, is in other words, he's saying, look, no matter what season I go through, no matter what valley I travel through, God himself will give me strength through his son, Jesus Christ. I can face abundance and be good. I can face having little and still be good. I've learned <clears throat> to be content in all matters of life because this world doesn't own me. This world doesn't control me. My emotions won't get the best of me because at the end of the day, I know as I go down, sooner or later, God will bring me right back up. And friends, that's hard to say. That's hard to preach. But Paul was talking about that. And Jesus was getting Peter to a place to realize that, look, look at what I just did for you. Look at what I just did for you. Your net's about to rip apart Two boats about to sink because of fish, not because of holes in them. And Peter realized it. I get it. I don't deserve your goodness. I don't deserve your goodness. But I am so thankful for it. Because David goes on in, in his psalm, he says, Hey, I walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness the valley of, of deep darkness, but I will fear no evil because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David could say, look, I may go through a valley now, but the good news is he will lead me through it to the other side and up to the mountain top experience again. I get it. God's the one who leads me. God's the one who favors me. God's the one who blesses me. And he doesn't do it just because he wants me to have a bunch of things. He does it because he wants to fill my life with who he is so that out of my life he can touch somebody else. Think about anything you and I ever have and own and keep and desire or what have you. If God allows us to have it, God allows us to taste it, God allows us to experience it, guess what? God, will, God can at any point in time can say, look, I want to flow through you to touch another life. Let's move on. We're almost done to the story. Verse 9. You guys still with me? Talking about giving ourselves away. Verse 9 says, Peter was awestruck by the number of fish they caught, as were the others who were with him. And verse 10 says, His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were also amazed. When we give ourselves away to God, we get to live amazed by God. You ever have anything really cool happen in your life? <clears throat> really amazing in your life and you're like, I don't really know how this happened. 
I don't know how I ended up here. I don't know how I ended up with this. I don't know how this came into my life. I don't know how this blessing got to me. You ever have anything like that happen? Or you ever experience anything in life where you know God used you to really and truly speak to somebody and touch someone else's life, but you're like, I didn't even have an idea on how that would happen. Yeah, that happens throughout the entire Bible. Stories. It all depends on whose hands you're in. Moses had a staff, and in, his, in that staff, he threw it down, and it became a serpent in front of Pharaoh's people. He picked it back up, and it became a staff again. And that same staff, as he stretched it out over the Red Sea, parted the Red Sea. And one story, miracle that happens in all four gospel accounts, referencing in that story I read earlier in whose hands it's in, They were out ministering to the masses and some disciples came to Jesus and they're like, these people are hungry, it's late and there's nothing open. There's no markets open, they can't, there's nowhere to get food. And he's like, what do you have? And they're like, I don't know, let's look around, what do we have? A little boy had his, had his sack of lunch, maybe his dinner, maybe that's all all it was, but it had five loaves of bread and two fish and Jesus is like, man, that's great, I can do something with that doesn't seem like men much. And they're like, are, are you sure you're counting the same people we're counting? The story is 5,000 men not counting women and children, so it could be 10, 15, 20,000 plus people out there that day. Jesus said, hey, get them all set up in groups of 50, have them sit down and just wait a minute. Let's see what happens. He takes the five loaves and the two fish out of the disciples' hands that they collected and really out of that little boy's hands. Who doesn't even get a name? Just a little boy. Wonder what that little boy went, grew up to do. Wonder what happened to that little boy after that story. Because the story is Jesus took the five loaves of bread and two fish, and what did he do? He blessed it, broke it apart, gave it to his 12 disciples to then go out and hand to the people, to the masses, to the thousands. And said they ate till they were filled, and then the disciples collected 12 basketfuls for themselves, one each. A story of man. Little in the hands of a great God makes a huge difference. Just think about that with our life. That when we just set out our day, when we determine, God, I don't know how it all is going to end. I, I don't know how, what, what all is down the pipeline. But if I just set out for my day, for this day and this week, to just say, Lord... I'm like that little boy with little. But I'm going to put myself into your hands. And I'm just going to let you do what you do. Can you, can you begin to try to imagine if we would live that way all the time? But I know we don't. I don't. Because I get caught up in having to think about my trials and my tribulations and all my shortcomings. But I know what it's like. I can, I can see it. I can taste it. I can feel it. I can experience it. Because on those, those brief moments of, of a week when I do truly, truly live, truly live in the hands of the Lord. And I don't try to go about my day and my week with my own accord. It doesn't matter what I face. 
It doesn't matter what I get in the mail. It doesn't matter what phone call I get. It doesn't matter what need someone else has. When I'm living in the hand of the Lord for that day or that week, man, nothing else really matters to me. God has such a way of putting compassion in me, putting patience in me, building the fruit of the Spirit in me, to where I'm more mindful of other people and less concerned about myself. Those are good days. And they might be hard days. They might be heavy days. They might be difficult days. But I know at the end of the day when I lay my head down on a pillow that I'm blessed to have, on a bed that I'm blessed to have. I can't tell you how many beds we've been given. We got a good bed, Morgan. It's the kind that raises up when you push a button, feet and head. We didn't buy it. We didn't even ask for it. But someone close to me gave it to us. Blessed to have a bed, aren't you? Because I know what it's like to lay on something real thin and uncomfortable. And wake up with a stiff neck, back. Where am I at? I'm supposed to be talking about when we just give ourselves away. We get amazed. We start to see, as we open this worship service up, we start to see the goodness of God. And we don't take stuff for granted. We don't take stuff for granted. And I don't take getting to preach to you for granted. As busy as a day can get and as full as a morning can be, still stop and say, Lord, if you can speak through me, will you do that? Will you do that? And then lastly, they said this, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, don't be afraid. Come on, it can be kind of Scary to us when we don't know what God may ask of us. And he said, you don't be afraid. From now on, I'm going to use your skill, your talent, and your time, and your treasure. Because you're going to be fishing for people. And then verse 11, as soon as they landed to the shore, they left everything. And they followed Jesus. You see, that's what we really get when we give ourselves away. We get Jesus. We get Jesus. And he's telling us, hey, you don't have to live afraid. You don't have to live afraid. 
You don't know what the next thing is going to be around the corner. Get it? He's like, I do. You don't know what the next call is. I do. You don't know what lies down the road, but I do. He's like, you don't have to live afraid. You don't have to yield to fear. Fear does not have to grip you and hold you. Man, isn't fear a nasty thing? Boy, isn't fear an ugly thing? So you don't have to live afraid. You don't have to be yielded to fear because when you place your whole life into my hands, your time, your talent, your treasure, all of you, the imp- every part of you into my hands, you actually don't lose. I met a member coming into church this morning. They were a little extra springy in their step. And I said, you're, you're pretty springy today. And they said, yeah, I was just reminded of my first love for the Lord. And it stirred me up. It stirred me up. You don't have to live afraid. When you put yourself in God's hands, you gain everything you need. We get Jesus. They left everything and followed Jesus. David said in the last part of his Psalm of 23, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. He settled it. He settled it. From here on out, I will live with the Lord. You see, when we give ourselves away, we get Jesus. It depends on whose hands your life is in. Is your life in the hands of the Lord?